0: Roll the footage. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. I'm Simon Severino, your host. And today we have the CEO of Capitalogix, who also runs a hedge fund powered by AI. He will share with us his framework on how we can anticipate what's coming next. And we will dive deep into how AI is changing everything. Welcome everybody, Howard Getson.
1: Hi, how are you? It's nice. Excited
0: to, be- to have you here. You run a hedge fund, you run a company. Tell us, what are you currently creating?
1: Well, what we're working on is the AI framework. Uh, internally, we call it an insight engine. Uh, but as a technology entrepreneur, I focus on the technology, you know, the equations, the algorithms, the automations, the execution capabilities. But what I've learned over many years of business is that our customers don't care about how we do what we do, they care about what they get. And what they want is amplified intelligence, the ability to make better decisions, the the ability to take smarter actions and a way to continually measure and improve performance or the quality of their life uh so the insight engine is really a a way to add those capabilities to help people make better decisions take better actions and improve the quality of their life and the quality of their performance
0: i'd love an insight engine right now ai is just helping me get rid of the boring stuff like in my crm ai does all the data entry instead of my team etc sometimes it does propose a title for a blog that is better than our title, but it doesn't really help us, you know, estimate or see or foresee. Well, the CRM does some estimation forward, for example, sales estimation forward, but it doesn't really help us see what's coming. How how do you, with your framework, help people see what's coming?
1: Mm. So the interesting thing is... Uh probably 60% of any AI problem is really about data. And uh, the question is, what data are you using? Um, And if you use the same data and the same process as somebody else, then you can't really expect an edge. Um, The only way to really do something sustainably different is to do something sustainably different. So, AI is limited by what it uses to combine or compare, and it's based on what you ask it to do. So I've got a piece of artwork in our office that uh, shows a slot machine and it says you can't predict random. Uh, It doesn't doesn't matter how clever you are or how advanced the AI is predicting random is random. But on the other hand, it doesn't mean you can't predict things. It it means don't predict things that are random or try to predict things that you have greater certainty on. And so right next to it, I have a different picture that says, if you don't know what your edge is, then you don't have one. So even if you have an edge, but you didn't know you had it, you don't know to use it or you don't know to use it now. And what AI is going to be incredibly good at and continually better at is finding more ways to win, but you have to have some way to sense that this way or that way is actually in phase and could help you win. So there's a sensor network that's really about finding opportunities. And then you have to have some form of filtering and comparison engine to compare the different things that you might do to say, ooh, this one's better or that one's better. If the AI is sufficiently advanced, it starts to learn and it can predict what you think is better. In AI, it's called a fitness function. Uh, are you optimizing on the thing that's going to make the most money, or the thing that's going to get there the fastest, or the thing that the customer will like the best? I mean, there's different ways to to choose. And I I, I actually look at it almost like if you went to a Western medic, medical doctor and they looked at you, they would would assess you a certain way. But if you went to an Eastern medical doctor, they would assess you a different way. Um, An energy specialist would assess you a certain way. A nutritional specialist would look at you a certain way. An Ayurvedic doctor would look at you a different way. A psychotherapist might look at you a different way. And each one of those roles or ways of saying I'm an expert at something says there's a best next step. Mindfulness is about a non-attachment for many of the ways and a way to compare those different things and say, but which one is really going to get the best result? Uh, so if I'm trading, um, it's almost like we're a fund of funds and there's a trend follower. There's somebody who's doing statistical arbitrage. There's somebody who's using reversion to the mean. There's, there's someone using a, uh, an old quantitative method called digital signal processing. And each of these different ways of, of evaluating the markets or the opportunities is going to say, here's the best next step. But then we have to have different lenses to say, but is it the one that's going to give us the best sharp ratio, which is kind of a measure of risk reward? Or is it the one that I think is likely to make the most money in the next hour? Or is it the one that lost the least money going back to 2008? Or is it the one that made the most money in 2008? Because I think that we might see that again. I mean, there's so many different ways and when somebody unfairly says, oh, but AI can't do all that. AI can do almost anything. What it can't do is everything. And so we, as humans, have to define the challenges or the problems. And so I'm writing a book called uh, uh, Next on Wall Street, AI's Inevitable Impact on Markets and Trading, and, and the key is that let AI do what it's really good at right now and let it be good enough that you have an edge, that you're doing something a little bit different than who you're playing with. And the goal is not to extend the edge. The goal is to continue keeping the edge you have so that as the world progresses, so do you. Um, And what I really think the edge is, is being able to know something and take definitive action while other people are still guessing and taking tentative action. I think that's a huge edge. I call it time arbitrage, but uh, uh, but that's just a fancy word for the fact that if you know what to do and you take decisive action while other people are kind of stumbling, then then you can pick up dollars where they're picking up quarters.
0: I love it. And what does your AI say about the stock to flow model right now that everybody was uh, reliant on and the last couple of days it's it's not working? Did we? Yeah, I, yeah? I, I, I'll, I'll, since I don't know when
1: anybody's going to actually watch this, I'll say it a, a slightly different way. I just told you that, you know, we can have many different experts. And then you need a supervisor level above the expert level saying, but which of those is getting the right response? In general, if I'm looking from 30,000 feet down at what's happening, we've got low, low level trading systems managed by managers who have senior managers that have supervisors. So it's it's layers of AI. But when I look at which of the manager level AIs are making money. It's the ones that were making money. uh, Six, five or four years ago. So when, when Obama was in office, there were certain techniques that we had. And, and part of the technique is not only the technique, but how often do you look at the technique? And what I will tell you is, we needed a week of time to go by before you would resample because things were moving at a certain pace. It's like a song that has a certain rhythm. And one of the most important things in the market is the unseen hand of the government. But with Trump, it was a very seen hand. It was not an unseen hand. And the weekly rhythm of being able to resample your data and say, oh, I can now fairly compare the expectancy score of this versus that. It didn't work. And you had to go to daily or quicker for resampling, not trading, trading is done faster than that. I'm talking about how quickly do you bring in the data, revalidate, update the scores of the models for all these different things, in a sense, reset the playing field so that so that you're saying okay now what can i know and one realize that there's a concept called signal and noise and in a longer term if you're looking at years or quarters you can see certain trends clearly but as you start to go down to days hours minutes you have increased volatility and in noise and so on one hand, you want to go faster and faster because you have more opportunities to do something, but it's to pick up smaller dollars. Whereas if you can find signal, if you find a better signal-to-noise ratio on a higher time frame, you actually have a strategic edge because you can pick up bigger dollars with less cost.
0: What's the difference and- between signal and noise? Is it just that if you look at it from the far, it's clearer, or is there another um, difference?
1: Well, I'm talking right now, but am I talking right now because my hand is moving, or is my hand moving while I'm talking, but they're not related? There's a difference between something that causes something and something that's just coincident. And a lot of times, when you're trading, the thing that you think is your trading strategy is really a superstition. You think it's what's causing uh, th- the win, but what's really causing the win is a different part of your process. But let me say it a slightly different way. If if a Nobel laureate develops an equation and decides to buy Apple stock right now, and my cleaning lady decides to buy Apple stock because she finally decided to upgrade to the newest version. And and she thought to herself, if they were able to convince me to buy one of these, it's amazing because I said I would never get the new phone because my old one is fine. So if she bought a share of Apple stock and that Nobel laureate also bought a share of Apple stock, the moment they place their trade, so they're both now long, Whether it goes up or down in that moment is random. It it, it truly is random because if she would have bought five minutes ago, whether it goes up or down is random there too. But over 10,000 trades, your ability to make and keep money is not random. It's about a system. And so, again, there's signal and noise here. What is your real system? You think it was this, but it's really that there's a story in trading about a very good risk manager who works for a very big firm. And deep down, he believed that, he believed that he was getting signals from Mars. He had this routine where he would put a Coke bottle to his ear and he would think, and he would decide what to buy. And, and people who knew him, would say, come on, dude, you're kidding me. And he's like, no, this works. And he made so much money that people have studied him and it turns out you know, how he got the signal to buy wasn't signals from Mars, but what he really was, was a good risk manager. And the fact that he told people it was signals from Mars and people made so much fun of him made him an even better risk manager because he wanted to prove he was right. And over 10,000 trades, he made tons of money. He thinks it's because of this, but it's really that. It's almost like if you have a pigeon in a Skinner box, where if it presses a lever twice, it gets food. The pigeon's not you. It's not smart enough that you can say, hey, pigeon, press that twice, you get food. So the pigeon pecks the thing, flaps its arm, turns around, pecks the thing, food comes out. And over time, the pigeon learns that it's going to peck the thing, move its head, flap its arms, turn around. But really, all it had to do is tap, tap. But the pigeon develops this elaborate ritual or dance. And a lot of our trading is an elaborate ritual or dance where most of what we were doing, we think we have to do, but we don't really know which of the things we have to do.
0: And so the work is in the system, in setting up the system and being consistent in learning from the variations and from our decision-making yeah, it, errors. It's,
1: it's being scientific and objective rather than subjective. It's about adding and in, in, uh, removing single variables at a time and, and realizing that just because you saw a result doesn't mean it's real. It, it again can be a coincidence. Mm. You, you have to test this thing enough ways that you say, ah, this really is better. So getting back to what's working, I look at the, the, the output curves, the, how much money these different systems made, and uh, l- let's assume they're different colors. So, there's a blue line that was my number one manager. It was just making more money. If you were to look at all these different lines, you would look at the blue one and say, that's the best one. But the truth is, markets change so fast that no technique always works. And even though that's true, there's always a technique that works. But the, 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 key to strategy or even strategy sprints is to recognize that the sprint that we did last time was important and accomplished what it was supposed to do but now you look at the constraint that you have in the system the thing that's limiting your performance and it's probably different than it was there's a different set of factors the the practical realities of time technology competition say that if we're going to sprint and focus on one thing, let's shift our focus from this to this. And the next 90 days is going to work on something different that's still supposed to help the company. And the same is true in a trading strategy. So that blue line that looked like it was the best worked until Trump got into power. And when Trump got in power, that blue line dropped like a stone and I didn't realize it at the time. I still don't know why. But that blue line just dropped and dropped and dropped. And I was like, holy cow, that technique just broke. It didn't break. The technique works, but it's not in phase with what's happening. The hidden hand, the invisible hand, wasn't doing what it was used to what it used to do. Now we had a yellow line that sucked. And it only, I mean, it didn't suck. It, it was good enough that it was on the list, but compared to the blue line, it was way lower. And all of a sudden when Trump went in power, that yellow line went up. And again, I'm not going to tell you what the yellow or blue line was. That's not important for the story. But the thing is for four years, that was the strongest technique. And we're like, oh, we're evolving. You know, one of the things I measure in an exponential technology is not how much money I make every year, but how quickly do, does our capacity double? In an exponential technology, that's one of the most important measures. I wanna figure out, it, it turns out for us, it's we double our capacity or capability every 18 months and we have for the past six years. And and I, can, I think that's gonna continue. I, I think it might even accelerate because the hardware is getting better. You know, memory is becoming more abundant, except for the chip shortage. Um, The software that's doing this is becoming smarter. AI is now evolving software so that humans aren't doing the coding, the coding is doing the coding, Um, but it's getting better faster. And so we can compare more things. We can make finer distinctions faster, deeper, broader. So understanding that how quickly are your capabilities doubling is important. Anyway, the point of that is that yellow line dropped like a stone when Biden came back in power and the blue line, which had for four years, simply not worked is back in phase and, um, it, it simply is what it is, uh, proof that nothing always works, but something
0: always does. One question that I'm absolutely excited to ask you, you can pick one person who gets the strategy award and when everybody zags, this person is zigging. But from your perspective, they are doing the right thing. Who do you pick? We lost you. We lost you. Come back to your audio of before. You, you have muted yourself. Unmute. It's just it says has muted themselves find the one button that you accidentally